daily news, breaking updates, and exclusive podcasts. iTricks.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the iTrix Magic Week in Review, your semi-weekly <laughs> podcast about the world of magic. Uh, this is Michael Lauk once again in the captain's chair, and this week is a good podcast. I'm pretty excited about this. Uh, if you haven't heard this guy's name, I don't know where you've been and I don't know what websites you've been looking at because I know we've mentioned him at least once or twice, and that is... Your winner of this year's America's Got Talent, Mr. Matt Franco. Matt, how are you? I am doing great, Michael. How are you? I am. Uh, I'm doing really well myself, and as I said, very excited to have you on. Um, uh, I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna embarrass you, maybe. Oh, <laughs> I, I think it's funny that, and and I'm gonna chalk this up to like it got lost in in, in cyberspace, whatever. When a while ago. You got pronounced uh, College Performer of a Year by a magazine, and I should have that down, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head. Sure. When, that, when that happened, I thought, you know, I've never done the college circuit. Given what I'm doing in magic, I'm never going to do the college circuit. But a lot of guys do. What a great thing to talk to somebody about. I, I want to try to have this guy on the show. And I, I did the contact thing, never heard back from you. Really? Yes, really. I, but you win America's Got Talent, and boom, you like answer immediately. <laughs> What's up with that? Oh my God, no! I uh, I had never even received an inquiry for that. I don't know that somehow got lost in the mix. No, I, I would have. I, I was figuring we'll chalk it up yeah. to cyberspace, but I, I, I yeah, you know, because I almost didn't even try. Once you want to, like you know, I've contacted this guy in the past. I hadn't a clue. No, I mean, uh, I love listening to podcasts, so. I would have jumped to the opportunity to do it then, especially, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here now. So, uh, yeah, no, sorry. I missed it. I, I wish I could have done it then too. I wish this was a return podcast, but this will be the first, hopefully of many, who knows? There you, go. There you go. There you go. But you know, um, but people that I know that know you said, no, he's, he's a nice guy. Try him. If you know, he'll probably do it. So, I'll, okay. All right. Thrilled to do it, Michael. Thrilled to do it. So I guess first up, you know, congratulations. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you're like you're like in some ways the hero of the magic world right now. It's crazy. I mean, it's not just a win for me, honestly. This is a win for magic, big time. I I really hope magicians are feeding off all of this in the best way possible. Not just this, but I mean, magic has just been on the up in on television in the past. I mean year at least especially it's just i feel like it's been on the rise the past couple of years leading up to this and i hope it just continues yeah i mean it i'm uh i'm in my early 40s and i you know for the first time in my life literally i had to to sit down and be like what magic am i going to watch on tv tonight there's there's actually a choice i know, know right <laughs> it's great i love it and uh, you know, it, yeah, it's it's been weird. And there's supposed to be, you know, there's even more magic coming out. Um, you know, Murray Sawchuck's supposed to have a show coming out here real soon, and it, it's uh, it's rolling along. And and magic, I don't know. We've been saying all year that this was, you know, this is obviously it's going to be the breakout year. And magic's either going to take the opportunity and run, or just shoot itself in the foot. And so far, things seem to be going pretty well. You're definitely a part of that. Do you do you think that? Just purely hypothetically, do you think um, you would have won, given your same act, on a different season of America's Got Talent? Or, or you think, you know, the timing was partially right? Are you so awesome you would have won any year? <laughs> no, I think timing has a, a great deal to do with it. Um, I think the judges even have a great deal to do with it. and. You know, people who have been on the show in the past or people just watching the show, you know, might bark saying, oh, you know, the, the producers influence the judges or the judges influence the producers, vice versa. But, I mean, I really think at the end of the day, the celebrities are going to say what they want to say, you know. And uh, there were some judges in the past, probably Pierce Morgan. Um, there were just some that really were just 
super harsh on magic acts or even like variety acts in general, juggling acts. You know, you drop one ball and all of a sudden they're hitting the buzzer, which I disagree with. But if you look at probably the most powerful judge on the show, Howard Stern, has just been incredibly uh, supportive of magic. And that's, you know, he's new to the show for the past three seasons. So prior to him, uh, definitely not. And I think it was just all timing. I think the. Uh, it just happened in the the right way, you know. Everything. I didn't think I would ever see the day that Magic won. I did not go on the show to win, you know. Um, <laughs> I went on there to hopefully get some a little bit of of video footage for my demo reel that would, you know, help my current business the way that it was. And then I walked off stage after winning the thing and was just like, man, what am I going to do now? But I didn't expect it. But uh, timing definitely has a lot to do with it, and just the way the judges were supportive. So. Yeah, um, you know, it's it's funny because we've we've had people who've been on the show before. Murray Sawchuk uh particularly said and this is a paraphrase, but basically, you know, um that America's got talent, you have to go into it just remembering that that you're useful to them as long as you're useful to them, you know? So mm-hmm. that it, they're they're not like pro magic, they're not like anti magic, they're they're putting on a show that that's that's their concern, not your career or, or anything else. And he's like, and you got to just kind of go into it with that grain of salt. But 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 was you know said it's a this huge positive experience and helps you a lot. And uh, uh, you know because it it definitely up until now and and maybe after this still America's Got Talent has kind of had a reputation in the magic world as as a magic killer, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see it take uh, such a turn, but I think it was a gradual turn over the years, and I know it really is uh, not just timing, but also how you play the game, and I think Murray's talked about that. I've heard a lot of different talks and podcasts, including his, um, about people's experience on the show, which are really helpful. You know, if you're going to go on a show like that, be as prepared as you can. And that's why over the years I, I had listened to a lot of those different podcasts just because I enjoyed them, not because I even planned on going on at that time. But um, yeah, it's really taken a crazy turn. And part of it is, uh, you know, Eric Diddleman was on season seven, mind reader who, who did quite well. Uh, he was the first mind reader that was featured on the show. Um, and he went to the, to the semifinals and he's a, a good friend of mine. I know him since before he went on the show and he was super helpful and kind of letting me know what it was like. And all that stuff that Murray says, too, about how, you know, you're useful to them, uh, that, that's true. And then when, once you're not useful, they could get, you, you get rid of you. But honestly, I mean, it does come down to votes. I, I, I believe that. I think that, um, you know, they have a third-party company that handles that and everything. And they package things the way they want it to look, and they can portray people in different ways. But I think this season, I really felt like they, they do make a conscious effort to portray people in the way that they sort of are in a way and they embellish it a little bit and make it more clear. Um, but I really do think they're trying to make as good of a show as possible in terms of the production value they, that they put behind all of the acts. Um, that was one of the coolest parts of being on the show was just, you know, working with the production team, the creative team to kind of make these crazy ideas that you might have come to fruition, things you never thought possible before because you didn't have the resources. Prior to the show, speaking of the production values that go into it, what what was your biggest television appearance? Zero. I mean, other than local affiliate, yeah, other than local television, I'd never been on TV at all. So it was all brand new to me. When I went out to do the audition in L.A., uh, that was my first time. I mean, I felt like it was doing. T- I felt like I was doing awful in terms of like the interviews and B-roll footage, just being in front of the camera. That was all so spanking new to me so like when it came on tv and i saw that they actually made it look good i was like wow that's that's great (laughs) i was like that's awesome because it really felt uncomfortable uh at first because i just wasn't accustomed to it i'm a live performer by nature and my experience you know what 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 about the venue wise what was the biggest venue you had ever played um, I had done some good size venues, not the size of 6,000 seats that you get at Radio City, but um, at different conferences and things where there might be a couple thousand or a few thousand people. But again, that's not uh, the norm. Um, even in the college world, sometimes you'll get maybe a thousand or so, but usually uh, I would play rooms anywhere between, I'd say average, a couple hundred up to maybe 500, but you can go as small as 40 or 50. It really, you know, I've done, over the years, I mean, <laughs> I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of all sorts of gigs, but 
uh, never as big as what you get at Radio City. And what's tough is that with AGT, you have you know different magic, as many of our listeners know. It plays different. You know what works for a live audience doesn't necessarily work on TV. And with AGT, you have to do both. It needs to be something that's going to work live, but also work on television. And on top of that, you have the time constraint. So it is a tough game to play. But I thought it was just such a fun, creative challenge. Um, that that that's you know how I, I use it to kind of renew that sort of uh, passion to to create. You know, because we get stuck in ruts of doing the same show all the time or whatever. But it was such a fun, creative process. Um, is it fair to say then that you're Los Angeles? At- audition i don't know how how they did those i know when they had auditions here in st louis they they threw out quite a number of tickets for a live audience so was your audition maybe even one of the biggest audiences you've played in front of plus the lights and the cameras and everything else yeah yeah absolutely Uh, i believe it was uh i mean i don't know what the dolby theater seats i think it's a few thousand so yeah it is a big audience and you know just having the production value that they have it's crazy you can tell immediately when you when you walk on stage and you have the celebrity judges front and center uh you know i may have been most nervous that first time uh because i i wasn't used to it yet and after you do it once you know i think i felt like i the second time i wasn't as nervous and then and then it was kind of like a hill. Then I started getting nervous again towards the end as there were less and less acts left in the competition. Um, so I started off nervous, started getting comfortable, and then back to like really nervous again once you get towards the end. But yeah, it was crazy, crazy experience and ton of fun. I mean, I went to it, into it. My advice that I got from Eric Diddleman, uh, who I referenced from season seven, was go into it expecting nothing. That's what he did. And I was like, well, it worked for him. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I really did expect absolutely nothing. I expected no callback at all. Um, and you got to imagine if you get 100,000 auditions, not in front of the judges, but just in general, and, you know, they only invite a certain amount to actually go record in front of the judges. And I don't know what that number is, 300, 500, but that's a really small number. Like making that cut is really the toughest part of the whole thing. If you think about it, percentage-wise, if you're – in the top six or top 12 even, you have better chances of winning than you do of getting on the show in the first place. So that's the toughest, what I pictured to be the toughest part, and that's what I was surprised by, you know, one of the toughest. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's it, you're, you, when you look at it like a numbers game, that you're entirely right, and, and uh, that's an easy one. And and that's that's got to be a, a worse process too just because um, there has to be a certain amount of you know, because I watched the auditions here. I didn't go. I mean, I, I watched them kind of go down. I uh, I saw, you know, the, we've had uh, other auditions in the same venue, actually, that I've seen, like, the American Idols. And, 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 and you go, and uh, I happened to drive by at, like, 4 in the morning, uh, the Savas Center, Scott Trade Center, whatever they were calling it that year. It's where, it's where the St. Louis Blues play hockey, okay? So it's it's not a small place where they were holding the auditions. And I, I drove by at 4 in the morning not really thinking about, oh, you know, this is the day that, that uh, America's Got Talent is, is in town. And, um, you know, downtown, which in downtown St. Louis in the business district, they have part of it blocked off. 4 o'clock in the morning, there was a line of hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of people to go in an audition. And, it's, and, and that's when it hit me. It's like, man – that's got to be this has got to be entertaining for whoever has to watch all this for all of about an hour yeah yeah (laughs) right right after an hour you've got to just be like hating everybody and you better be (laughs) damn good or else it's like get them out i don't want to see this anymore yeah i mean and imagine now with online auditions too i mean you can audition right now just by throwing a youtube video at them you know right on the website it's crazy you know i'm auditioning (laughs) right now there you are you yeah wow matt franco that's awesome. Well, congratulations. Did you do it online or are you doing it in person? No, right now I'm saying. <laughs> this is your audition? This is it. I'm the judge? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> like, like, I'm the producer. people on the internet. What the hell? <laughs> All right, very cool. Let's do it. All right, let's see your act. <laughs> yeah, this is it. This is unfortunately as good as it gets. So. No, you're right, you're right, though. They're sitting there all day. I mean, from what I could tell, the, the producers, because I did have to do a producer's audition. I didn't just get one of those free passes to go straight to uh, a recording, um, which some apps do, uh, I think. I don't, I don't uh, know if I can say that. Early on, I remember them, <laughs> them shopping that out and contacting, like, magic clubs and saying, hey, 
you know, if you send us your best guys. And I don't think they do that anymore. I haven't heard of it in the last couple of years. They still reach out. Um, and I, and you know, some people, no, I like, mean the open call that they were doing at one point is what I, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did, I did have to do a, a producer's audition and I have to say that they did seem to still be in good spirits, uh, despite the fact that they were sitting through, um, you know, many acts all day long. So, um, I found I found that to be pretty impressive because, like you said, it must be pretty difficult. So now that it's it's over and it's behind you, and and uh, you're probably one of the few magicians in America, I think it's fair to say that people will recognize on the street because I know we've talked about that before. Is it like super successful magicians like Michael Lamar? He can probably go to McDonald's and <laughs> yeah. No, no, chances are if there's not a magic shop within ten miles. You know, he's he's going to get his cafe or whatever and be on his way. But <laughs> right. uh, you you probably have a little bit more difficulty in in that area. What what's it like kind of being an instant celebrity? It's it's not so much difficult, just bizarre, you know, because I'm just still the same dude. But, <laughs> you know, now people care to like stop you and want to take pictures or even just shake your hand and say congratulations. Um, you know, it's pretty surreal and flattering and the whole thing. I mean, it's it's. It's pretty much what you would expect. It's just bizarre. It's crazy, and uh, and it does happen. You know, at least for the time being. I I think people have short memories, and it's it'll, you know, I'm sure excitement will die down soon enough. But it's just for the time being. Yeah, um, it literally will happen everywhere. It can be at a restaurant or an airport, and uh, sometimes you really do have to be somewhere, and you're trying to be punctual, and people will stop you, and uh, you know, you just kind of you, you do your thing. I'll take the picture with them, and 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 shake their hand, and move on. Um, but always, you know, just try to be as friendly as possible. I remember meeting, um, you know, idols of mine and always thought really fondly of, of them when they were, where they were actually very friendly and personable. So, um, you know, I try to always keep that in mind and just, you know, treat people the way you want to be treated, you know? Yeah. Do, do, um, does, does NBC provide you with like any coaching or assistance or, or is, is there like a, a uh, fame guru <laughs> to take you through any of that? Or are you just kind of set to the wolves on that one? <laughs> yeah, there's no guru. Um, they do have like social media team uh, nowadays. I mean, not, that must be a relatively new aspect of the show. But they do have like a social media team that helps us out with that stuff throughout our time on the show. But yeah, you just kind of get thrown into the, the races after that. So <laughs> you just got to learn how to... Uh, you know, deal with it in your own way. All right. Well, believe it or not, we've already blown through the first half of the show. Oh wow! So uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, let's let's talk about you and magic and not America's Got Talent. What do you say? Sure, whatever you want. All right, we'll be right back after this, everybody. Itricks.com. Hello, this is Michael again with my little friend Paco. Paco, can you speak? Speak, boy. Come on, speak. Okay, the one time I want the Chihuahua to bark, he's not actually going to bark. But uh, I'm going to assure you that Paco wishes to join me in urging everyone out there to support your local no-kill animal shelter. Paco has been a part of our family for eight or nine years now. And um, despite the eight or nine years of otherwise constant barking, he's, uh, he's, he's been a real important part of the family. And we love the little guy. And there's lots of little guys out there that need your love who haven't done anything wrong except for being born to irresponsible pet owners. So no matter where you live, I guarantee there is a no-kill animal shelter in your area and that they need your help. So if you have time, if you have money, if you have inclination, if you're looking for a great charity, support your local no-kill animal shelter. Thanks. And Paco thanks you too. All right, we are back with Matt Franco, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna leave America's Got Talent behind now, even though uh, you know it's fairly important, and we probably should talk more about it. Something tells me it'll come back up some way or another, but if we'll see. <laughs> well, that's the challenge. Let's let's you 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 can't uh, you can't mention it now. Okay, um, <laughs> I'll 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 uh, I'll, beep, I'll hit the seven second button on you. But, <laughs> sounds good. But um, now. I mentioned, you know, in, in my little story to, to kind of embarrass you, um, that we have s- covered you on iTricks here and there. Um, you, you had popped up. You were you were on our radar as a college performer. Um, 
but I, I don't think a lot of people know, you know, no offense, but I don't think, you know, you weren't a household name in the world of magic yet. No. So, so let's talk about, uh, this kid from Rhode Island and where he came from to be kind of, like I said, the, the current champion of magic. Oh, <laughs> um, well, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, honestly, I mean, I just done my work in the trenches basically, you know, um, it's not something I guess people would necessarily know about in the magic community or, or care to know about. I like many professional magicians out there plugging away, just workers, you know, out there doing the shows. And um, I guess that explains that. Um, when, when, when did you start? Are you one of these like, when I was 12, I had my birthday party business and my mom drove me everywhere and I made 43 you know, $100 yeah. a week? Or are you one of those guys? Or? Sort of. I mean, I saw it on TV when I was four years old. Was just fascinated by it, and uh, you know, was doing it in kindergarten. Shortly after, for like show and tell and stuff, was hugely inspired. Uh, a couple of years later, and World's Greatest Magic specials came on ninety four. Uh, World's Greatest Magic fi- uh, one, and then the second one had Jeff McBride, and that's when like. That's that. That was like a huge inspiration to me. He did his mask act and his card manipulation act, and uh, was definitely my biggest influence growing up. Um, you know, it's funny. You know, the, the magicians I sort of idolize tend to have a completely different style um, than I guess what I do. But um, I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. I, I so think it's he, a good thing. I mean, I think I'm I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, um, uh, I, I used to perform a martial arts themed act in Chinese. My mm-hmm. favorite magician is Harry Anderson. Okay. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there you go. In fact, uh, if your favorite magician is Harry Anderson, let me ask you this. Are you familiar with a TV special of his? It's pretty rare. I don't think it's YouTubeable. called Harry Anderson Tricks of His Trade. Uh, that would be the NBC special he did, right? I believe it was yeah, NBC, yeah. One. Yes, I, yes, I am familiar with that. Um, he did linking rings. He did a cup and ball routine. He had a, a guest, a couple of guests on. He had a guest juggler, Yeah. Uh, Peter Davidson. Are we talking about the same special? Yep, yep. All right, cool. Yeah, I've, I've, I've many magicians I've, I've asked about. I can find very few magicians who recall that special, but that was my introduction to Harry Anderson. And, uh, yeah, I think he's just fantastic. So yeah. we're in agreement on, that, agreement on that. Yeah, if... if um... A great book, just an aside on Harry Anderson, for any magician who is trying to figure out how what's quite wrong with my act, um, how can I make it better, even if there's not anything wrong with it, uh, Mike Cavaney's uh, book on Harry Anderson, which I believe is called Hello Sucker, just like his, his earlier special. No, it's called mm-hmm. Wise Guy. It's called Wise Guy. Okay. Harry, Harry Anderson, Wise Guy. If, if you find that, part of that, what makes it such a great book is it – goes through Harry Anderson turning the needle through arm into something that audiences hated into to a signature piece right and, and how he had to go through and how he had to figure out things like um you have to wait out the shock value you know and if you just wait people will start laughing and, and just a lot of stuff like that. And, and anybody who's working on an act if you can find a copy of Wise Guy you know grab it read it and thank me later for it. Um, oh, I'll thank you in advance. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I haven't read it, so I'm anxious to if I can. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. It's, it's not, you know, it's like any magic book. Um, mm-hmm. It's not terribly hard to find if you know where to buy magic books. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But it's not going to be at the airport uh, bookstore next time you're hopping on a flight. So. Yeah, well, it sounds like you know what he's talking about. You know, it sounds like the needle through arm wasn't really working, and then found ways to tweak it to make it work. And I mean, that's what we were talking about being a worker before. That's what that does when you perform the same stuff every night uh, and really tweak it, and that that's what makes it come to eventually be um, a good piece in your show. You know, and I was doing before I got into the college work heavily. I'm going off on a small tangent here. I apologize. Uh, I was doing every type of show you could imagine. You know, I'd be doing an elementary school one day to a corporate show the next day to a college the day after that. And, you know, I never could just get good at one show because each one was tailored so differently to different types of audiences. Um, And once I just decided, screw it, I'm just going to tackle this one, you know, and and that's the one I happened to think that fit my uh, personality at the time and my age bracket and so on. And, uh, 
that's what allowed me to kind of just focus on uh, that 60-minute show and tweak it little by little each night and, and make it better and better. I mean, experience is the best teacher, I believe. And, you know, look at David Copperfield and how often he performs. And um, that's why he's David Copperfield, I think. One of the reasons. Um, well, yeah, there's there's so much to be said for just doing it and doing it and doing it and and uh, and focusing on one thing. Like I, I always worked for adults. I didn't perform for a long time. Um, it, I've mentioned it on the site. I don't talk about it a lot. I, I ended up having a, a, de- a degenerative disease. I didn't realize it. I was told I had arthritis and, and a bunch of stuff, and I couldn't use my hands. So I, I kind of grew away from magic. And the last oh, wow. thing I was doing um, was performing as Santa. And it was the first time I'd ever worked for kids. First really? Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I don't want to work for kids. I don't no, no yeah. It's you not know? my favorite either. <laughs> well, well, I, I, I did a lot of performances in, in movie theaters. I used to run art house movie theaters. So I would, I would just work in the lobby. I would work in the aisles. I would do a lot of stuff there. I was used to, to dealing with adults and dealing with a fairly intellectual subset of adults you know Mm -hmm. you you know what you're dealing with when people are coming to see like a merchant ivory movie or the the latest acclaimed drama out of the czech republic you you kind of know the audience you're dealing with and and that was nice and that's what what i dealt with um and when i did you know, other things, like I said, I, I did this kind of martial arts themed magic act. Again, I, I worked with adults. I was used to cursing if I wanted to. I was, and I took these Santa jobs. Um, uh, it was one of those things where they call and they say, you know, hey, we, we want a magician to come and be Santa Claus. And da, 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 how much? And I threw a number out thinking this, you know, this is the way I'm going to say no without saying no. I'm going to mm-hmm. throw out this ridiculous number. I don't know if you've ever done that. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah and, I've played that and, game. And without blinking an eye, the person said, "Oh, that's great. In fact, um, my neighbor's having a party, and they might want to book you either before or after as well." Oh my god! Exactly, <laughs> because I didn't realize the person I was talking to. Mm-hmm. I kind of the name sounded familiar, but what, yeah, they had they were they owned like the largest travel agency in the region. The people next to them were like the pioneers in the area of of cell phone of having a cell phone store. So they had all these, you know, it's like they were just insanely rich and my number didn't even phase them and i was like oh crap now i have to be santa i ended up doing it for years after that. oh my god <laughs> and um because it was so i never worked for kids i'd always mm-hmm. avoided it and mm-hmm. and now now that i've found out you know i have this thing called celiac disease i don't have uh arthritis from doing hardcore martial arts which is what yeah, i was told yeah. and all yeah. that and and i can so you're gluten free my... am i right yeah that's it yep. that's it uh, you have to find a whole new class of terrible beer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Everything, everything you drink and eat, and it affects everything. It's crazy. Everything, and um, but the the difference is, I mean, you know, uh, literally, I almost actually quit doing eye tricks um about last Christmas because things had gotten so bad. I couldn't raise my my arms over my shoulder, um, without pain. Now I'm teaching martial arts again, and I'm doing so. You know, it's. That's that was what, before you were diagnosed properly, right? right? Exactly, okay. exactly. Because I was told that I had all these different things and things were piling yeah. up, and I'm like, I'm 40 years old, you know, and I'm literally falling apart. This is terrible. right, right, yeah. you know. Um, but but now, I mean, all this coming to now, I've decided I'm gonna I can perform again. I'm gonna perform again. And uh, my wife's a teacher, and I want to do kids shows and specifically educational kids shows. But I'll do birthday parties and stuff, and 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 that's part of us saying it's like i can't go out and be a generalist you know i can't go out and do i gotta focus on something and it's and it's going to be kids and it's it's kind of scary you know yes it is it is a scary moment to just leave that other stuff behind and just have a laser focus yes and say like like because you know that first call that's going to come in is going to be for you know something completely different (laughs) yes of course of course and you have to somehow First of all, you feel like a jerk saying no one way or another, you know, and uh, you also just feel weird turning down the work too. So it's uh, and you know it's you know and you know it's going to be like, hey, can you come work at our you know uh, model trade show? It's all for supermodels across the universe. Like, right, right. No. <laughs> no. My yep. my strategy for that is actually is I, I have a list of friends who I can say, oh, you know what? That's not really what I'm doing, but. This guy, I think, will be perfect for you, and and at least then you know, 
right you, you you're gonna get lunch out of it eventually <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i've done the same you just try to refer someone that you know will do a good job you know Okay, so that that brings us to now. We're not going to mention why things are changing for you now because okay. we're not going to talk about it. But um, uh, I know you have a fairly full uh, schedule of college shows just from seeing your website, which was obviously, you know, if nothing else, the practical aspect of when this show is over, I still have to work. Um, yeah, yeah. Are, are is is your career going to change? Is your focus going to change? Are you going to um? Are, are are we gonna you know are you gonna be that guy who you might be playing in town and we'll never know because we're never on the campus of whatever university or are you right. gonna start doing some other venues and and break out a little bit right I think where we are at this moment is uh, basically the same thing where we're talking about how I had to focus and leave other stuff behind. I'm not to say that I'm going to leave college work behind completely or anything like that, but yeah, we are at a new crossroads here where I have to take things a step further. So, um, lots of doors have opened for some mysterious reason that we're not going to mention. Um, but yeah, I mean, opportunities are out there and I think, you know, I think we can talk about the possibilities because I think it's, it's sort of obvious. There are only so many different routes people can take. I mean, we're talking about what maybe touring on a grander scale, the possibility of, of, of TV stuff, the possibility of doing stuff in Vegas. Um, you know, and this has all just happened to me within the past couple of weeks. So I don't know what's, you know, what's going to be the right thing to do, what combination of things will be the right path. But uh, yeah, the focus will definitely change. And um, I have no choice but to take a shot at things at this point. I, I have to do it. You know, I'm 26 years old. Um, you know, it's time to, to explore and, and see where things go. I mean, there are things out there that just weren't even on my radar before um, that, that could potentially be possible. So kind of take a stab at it and, and see where things go from here. I'm excited to. Have any uh, international opportunities opened up for you? Sure. Yeah, I've gotten, um, you know, some messages from uh, different things in other countries. I guess I won't talk, go, too, go into too, detail, too much detail here. Um, you know, I won't count chickens before they hatch, uh, so to say. But yeah, a lot of things kind of coming around. But I'm also in this position where I have all these pre-existing contracts that I need to do my best right. to honor um, in the meantime. So, um, you know, that's tough too, <laughs> uh, but I'm trying my absolute best to fulfill all of them last night. Uh, I'm back home now, but last night I was at university of South Carolina hosting a show for them. Uh, university, uh, it was USC's got talent actually. And I actually hosted that show for them last year before I had anything to do with the show, which is crazy. It's like, they must've had some kind of foresight, but a fun story. I, uh, could, that made me think of it. Cause you talked about thinking that you had arthritis in your hands at one point. I uh, have, off topic here, I have 11 stitches in my right hand right now at this moment. I, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. I, I may have not mentioned the stitches because I don't want people to get too freaked out. But uh, yeah, I figure here on iTricks, what the heck, I can tell people about this, right? We can all handle this. As magicians, you, you will sympathize with the idea that I have seven stitches in my pinky and like another you know four or five in my uh, ring finger. I cut, You want to know how it happened? kitchen accident is what i think you said on twitter yeah the more specifically i was trying to open a wine bottle and uh i didn't have a, a wine opener because my right. roommate took it <laughs> right and uh so I, i've done it before with a scissor and i thought like in the past i remember doing that before i thought i could do it with a knife and it wasn't the knife that cut me but i actually broke the bottle, broke the bottle yeah. totally aggressive approach i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> and not uh, you know really gashed the back of uh those two fingers pretty good and had to get them stitched up and you know hopefully they heal quickly and it won't affect work but the last night was my first show back um you know since the incident so and it, and it went okay i just had to cut out card manipulation right other than that we're good are are you still swollen at all no it's not swollen uh they patched it up really good um you know i throw some band-aids over it so it doesn't look completely disgusting um but yeah yeah it's just kind of a crappy thing to happen to a magician a sleight of hand magician definitely and you you know in, in when i was performing a lot before i was actually also uh fighting you know um i i have been doing martial arts for years and was a sparring partner for a long time for boxers and kickboxers and MMA guys back even before we called it MMA and and I you know and I remember it's like always that terror it's like I've got 
a gig this weekend. Oh, you know? yeah. Plus, I yeah. went to art school on top of it. So it's like uh-huh. I, I cannot break these three bones in this, you know, in my right hand. Anything else is fair game. But if I can't hold a pencil or a paintbrush, you know, I'm throwing away a semester. So Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that that really is in, in a way like one of the most terrible things that can happen is, is cutting up your hand. Um, yeah. What uh, – what what kind of precautions do you take, you know, in general, uh, for that? Do you d- does that rule rule your life? Is this the first time you've ever hurt yourself? Yeah, I've never even broken a bone. I mean, uh, in terms of like sports, I, I wrestled from when I was six through high school, and then nothing That's after that. How I got into martial arts, man. Oh, Wrestling, really? Yeah. Folk style. How, excuse me. Folk style wrestling, like uh, the t- general or Greco-Roman or what? Well, uh, in, I'm in the Midwest, so oh, okay. we're big on collegiate and Greco-Roman, and then okay. from that into uh, Chinese wrestling, Shui Jiao. Wow, which, okay. Which is very similar to Sambo, if you've ever seen Russian <laughs> Sambo. Okay, not familiar with Sambo. Uh, it's jacket wrestling? No, um, no. It's it. it's, uh, it's a Russian thing. They wear like judo jackets because you're allowed to hold and throw by the jacket. But uh, oh, wow. from that, it's kind of a catch-as-catch-can thing, and, and for years was like the official training of the Russian military. It's a pretty hardcore uh, wrestling, and, and Shui Zhao is very, like I said, very similar. It's kind of a Chinese version, and and uh, yeah, a lot of lot of grab and a lot of uh, a lot of picking up and dropping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever break bones and stuff? Or dude, I've broken bones in my hands over a hundred times. Oh my god! No, I haven't broken anything, and luckily, even this time, I didn't hit anything important. So no, I don't take extra precautions. I guess you know, just been lucky so far. But but on the other hand, you you don't like say hey, what full contact stick fighting? I'm in. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> Whereas I I have. So. <laughs> Yeah, um, I guess I, I've even just since high school, since I finished high school, I think I've just been like probably a hundred percent less athletic since then. So <laughs> you, you, you're, you're not you're not still wrestling. You don't have, you know, no. I there do are miss adult, it though. There are adult leagues. I know places. Yeah. You know? I wish I could still be involved in it. I really loved it. I wish I could like you know uh, ref or, or coach or something. You know, um, if not participate because I do miss it. But um, yeah, no, I haven't been too involved with it. Man, you should you should go back. You should go back. Uh, season is starting soon. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you should go back and like at least go give the pep talk to your old high school team, man. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? Or just to go over and watch their first dual meet or something. That would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestling, wrestling is is the. I, I don't know. I mean. I have a swollen elbow to this day from freshman year. Do you really? <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah. That's um, wow. But uh, but it it really is such a it's just such a pure athletic pursuit, you know. Yeah, and it's physically and mentally demanding, especially if you're cutting weight to get a certain weight class and so on. It's L- pretty. Luckily, I never cool. had to do that. I always Lucky wrestled you. up, man. Mm-hmm. I I was uh, well as a kickboxer and everything. I fought super heavyweight. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fought at two seventy five. So, um, I, I, which, which in most super heavyweight things, two sixty was was the lower weight limit and the only weight limit. So, yeah, I'm two seventy five and used to being the little guy. Wow. <laughs> but uh, but but it it I don't know. It's 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 so. Uh, I don't know. I love wrestling, man. I love wrestling. Yeah, same, same. I miss it. You know, yeah. it's bigger in the Midwest. I think. Oh, and it's here in the Northeast. Yeah, I'm in Missouri, so it's not quite, you know, it's not like Iowa, Iowa, Nebraska. But we we get the uh, the NCAA finals for wrestling mm-hmm. almost every year because we're in the middle and we have right. large venues that can that can handle it. And uh, yeah, and it's it's something I always look forward to. Yeah, you know, um, dude, if you're ever in St. Louis, call me and. I've, you know, I sure will. I'll throw yeah. it around. It'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. I'm sure I'll be there at some point or another. <laughs> um, yeah. Yes, that was a tangent that we went off. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but, uh, well, well, let me let me ask you this. Now that you have fame, notoriety, infamy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, are you finding that uh, – uh, how are you? Uh, how do I? How do I even want to ask this? Because uh, I don't want to make you look like a, a jerk. If the answer is no, um, okay. Can, have you been able to use your newfound powers to for good? <laughs> you know, have you have you been able to do like that that uh, hospital show or something like that? 
Uh, well, not yet. I mean, honestly, this all just happened. Well, I so know I, you're you're probably still under like NBC's thumb in a lot of ways. Oh too. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I nothing has even sunk in yet at this point. I mean, like literally, we just went from you know uh, the 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 live show, and then they throw you on a bunch of like daytime shows the next day, like in within New York. You know, uh, all of those Today Show and Kelly and Michael and all of those different extra, and then right from there. Uh, we go straight to Vegas for the live show, for the AGT live show, where I sort of like co-host it with Mel B, which was, you know, fun and everything, but just a quick thing. And even before I went and did that, I had to make up two gigs on the road. So I did like a couple of family weekend shows in colleges. Actually, one of them was in Virginia, and I want to say the other one was in Missouri, now that you say it. St. Louis. Where was it? I'm trying to remember now. I think one was in Virginia and one was in Missouri. Yeah, it was Missouri. Cape Girardeau or Kirksville or Springfield, St. Louis. What was the school? Kansas City. Now I want to – I flew into Kansas City to get there. Okay, so you're on the other side. But that's not where it was. No, it was probably Uh, then either Springfield or St. Joe. Dinah, no, no. Here we go. Northwest Missouri State. Oh, so you were up in like Kirksville. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that sounds about right. But anyway, and then right from there to Vegas, you know, we spent a week out in Vegas and then went straight from there to L.A. to to take uh, some meetings and stuff. And then, you know, my first time home in like seven or eight weeks was Wednesday night, you know, so it's been about a week (laughs) that I've been home and and I've done some shows in between. Like I said, I was in South Carolina last night. So, I mean, it's just been uh, a complete whirlwind and trying to catch up on sleep. And just trying to uh, make sense of all this. And I think the decisions you make at this point are, are super important for kind of the direction things are going to go. And, and people have such short memories. You really do have to strike while the iron's hot. I believe that. You have to hit the ground running. So just kind of keep things, the momentum going right now. And then I would be happy to use magic for all the good I can. You know? And I hope magicians are using this. Like I said before, I hope magicians really use all of the kind of good press magic is getting in general to, to land those gigs and do whatever it is that they can do to, to, to help magic and continue to push it in the direction it's been going in for a while now. So Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I think you have an advantage over some other winners uh, in that if you're a singer and you win that show, uh, you still don't have your own song generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, and that's, and that's, how we, that's how we think of musicians and singers, you know? You don't, mm-hmm. you don't think of... David Bowie in terms of covers that he's done over the years with the possible exception of that really awesome duet for a little drummer boy he did with <laughs> but, but I mean that's like that's, that's in how, general that's how you identify a singer you know when you say you too instantly you're thinking of you too songs yeah you, you absolutely know? and 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 when you come out of any of these shows, whether it be an all singer one or a variety one, if you're a singer, you don't have your own single. Yeah, that's true. At, all. at least you have your own act. Yeah. And, and that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So, uh, you know, you, the Kenichi Aniba, the, the, the dog act was Olathe dogs, Olathe dogs. Yeah. Olathe dogs. Yeah. People, when they, when they say that, like, even if they don't remember your name, you're the magician that won. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the you're the dancer that won, and and you have you have a little bit more. I think I think that's part of why Terry Fader probably has been one of the more successful. I mean, not that he didn't work, and I, obviously that's a huge part of it. But, yeah, but, yeah. But I think the fact that that uh, uh, he when he comes out, you know, afterwards, people know what they're getting in a Terry Fader show. They're getting yeah. a ventriloquist. People know what they're going to get in a Matt Franco show. You're going to get magic. If you were a singer, you know, who knows what you're going to get. You, right. you, you, you covered a couple people's songs and you're going to come out and, you know, all your songs might be terrible. <laughs> yeah, you don't have hits to play right. as, a, as a singer at that point. Yeah, that's got to be tough. And, yeah, I don't know what happens, I guess, if you don't get a record deal. I don't know. Yeah, music's a whole different ballgame. It really is. I don't so, know. So do you... And and that that God we've gone over so it's probably about time to wrap it up. But I have a, okay. a couple little questions here, and one of them is: now that you have been on national television, on yeah. one of the probably the biggest show of the summer, plus that gets repeated all over the world. You know, uh, they they instantly you know they throw it on NBC, they throw it on YouTube. You know, it doesn't even take people you know repeating it over and over and over, and then that happens as well. Um, 
now that now that you have that, um, when you do a college show, is there an expectation we want to you like? Are are you expected to steal someone's cell phone and put it in a seat now? Uh, <laughs> do they want to see the the wall of flame that turns into to the? <laughs> you know, I mean, like, do you have? Do, do people expect that? That's a great question. That's a great question. I have not encountered that. I've encountered people just being overly excited, like like so much more. Okay, here's the difference. I've always had to walk out in front of an audience and then win them over. You know, from the beginning, like you know, they start slow and there's a chuckle here and there, and they're not really sure. Like, oh, is this supposed to be funny? Is this magic? And then you know, they kind of have to get to know your character a little bit. But it's really cool. To, to walk on stage and have people already, you know, sort of know who you are a little bit, be fans of yours, be excited that you're there. Maybe they came out specifically to see you. Um, you know, it's a different, it's a whole different ball game, and I'd never experienced that before. So I found the opposite. I found people just kind of being excited that you're there. I, I assume there are maybe people who are like disappointed when you don't. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's like that because I know with like uh, if you go see a, your favorite band, you want to hear the hits. But I think with magic, they like the idea of seeing something new, you know? So if I do some things that they saw on the show, I think that might sort of um, hopefully count for that, those sort of favorites. And then um, most of what I do in the live show is just totally different. You have to craft magic for television in most cases. I mean, chances are most things you pull out of your already existing show are not going to be 90 seconds, TV friendly, you know, and also live audience friendly. Like you, you kind of, I had to craft things for the show. So most of those things don't already exist in my live show. So when you see the live show, it's a lot of different material, but there are uh, some things that are, that have overlap, you know, like cards across is one of my favorite bits to do (laughs) every night. I look forward to it. It's just a kind of a fun comedy routine. I love magic that uses, not a lot of props, you know, and I was finally able to do that on uh, AGT with, with Rosie O'Donnell and Howard for the finale, um, just like kind of as a little fun celebrity collaboration thing. That wasn't something people voted on, so I could just kind of do something I wanted to do for fun, you know, and, uh, you know, people will see that in the live show. But, yeah, I'm not sure that they expect um, the same thing that they saw on TV. At least they haven't expressed it to me. If they're disappointed, they haven't come up to me afterwards and tell me that. <laughs> you ever get, hey, Franco, how come you didn't do the sofa thing? No, I haven't dealt with that at all. Like, all of those, like, even just, like, those annoying, like, hey, do a trick, like, every time you bump into somebody has sort of not happened as much, which I think is great. It's more just, like, they say, hey, can I take a photo with you, you know, which is so much... You know, I, I would much more prefer, you know, than just being harassed to be kind of like a... Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like a dancing monkey? A trick, when, a trick monkey is, is yeah. the term I use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, it can be, you know, quite annoying, especially after, you know, about 20 years <laughs> or more of doing magic, you know. Um, it can get to be a bit much when you just are trying to not be the center of attention. I don't know about you, but like... I do, I do kind of like lay low-key when I'm not on stage, you know. When I'm in a group of people, I don't like to... Uh, be the center of attention. So once you start doing magic, forget it. There's 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 no way around it. There. Oh, I, I I hear you. When when I used to to run movie theaters and and would do magic and in the lobby and and in the in the aisles and stuff. Uh, you know, occasionally you would get somebody who who'd be like, hey, you know, I was here a couple weeks ago. Show show that thing, which like I don't like to do tricks on request. Period. Right, because you, it's like, oh, you've seen that. I definitely don't want to necessarily show you that again. Right, but, but there would be times where, like, I was also the manager of this movie theater, um, mm-hmm. so I ran the projectors, and I, and and there was a time I remember I literally had the popcorn machine in pieces, my shirt sleeves pulled up, covered in oil, and it, and and this guy, this old guy, is like, hey, hey, do you have your cards in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm just like, are you kidding me, man? <laughs> like, um, and I was like, uh, what, what, you know, what are you going to see? I'll see if I can, I, I can see y'all when you come out. And it's, yeah, yeah. You, you, but that's cool I, that that you're you're in the selfie zone instead. Yeah, man. I have to say, like, I accept the fact that this is probably just a short lived thing. Well, because people have short memories, like I talked about before. I have to, you know, expect the worst, expect that it'll just go back to complete normal of people just being like, hey, make my wife disappear and all things like that. But like for the time being, there's a little bit of like validity there that people don't behave in the same way. <laughs> They're like, oh, how come you didn't put a cell phone in the seat? I haven't experienced that yet. I imagine it's probably a couple months down the road, but I like to pretend in my head that it's not. 
Well, I, I hope not. I hope I hope you <laughs> ride this on. I hope next year when they have you back on as last year's winner to pass off the crown, like at the end of the Miss Universe pageant. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's too bad you don't have a crown. Did you? Go I know, right? Nothing. Uh, <laughs> a sash or something. Um, but uh, you, you know, I, I hope that people go aren't going. Who did win last year? I hope people don't. I know who that. You know. We're, yeah. We're ready for this. So I, I hope so too. I hope so too. Well, obviously you hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, you hope your career goes well. <laughs> no, but really, it'd be nice if we could name more winners. Like oh, you and I can, because being magicians, it's one of the we follow it because there's variety acts on the there are variety acts on the show. But like general public, I don't think can name winners from the show in general. You know what I mean? Right. Um, maybe Terry Fader. Uh, but since then, it's been difficult. So, uh, you know, hopefully that whole aspect of the show changes, too. I want to see the, you know, that, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> so we'll see. All right. Well, like I said, we've gone way over, man. We've we've talked and talked. Um, and the one thing we we haven't done is say, where can people get more Matt Franco once this podcast is over? Sure. Yeah. On social media, uh, my handle on everything is the same. So if we're talking Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the whole nine, it's uh, at Matt Franco Magic. You just have to be careful that you spell Matt with one T. I don't know how my parents screwed that up, but they did. Uh, so it's Matt Franco Magic, and I spell Matt with one T. Sorry. <laughs> You're an adult, man. You can you can spell your name however you want now. I know, I know. I just I, I didn't change it. A symbol like Prince. I, I I'm, I'm too far in at this point. I guess I, I should have changed it a long time ago because I'm sure a lot of people have had trouble finding me online because they'll all search with two T's, but. Matt Franco magic with one T and, and that'll get you there. And I'll tell you, Michael, I know we went way over, but Hey, it makes up for that last time that I supposedly blew you off. So hey, it's like <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm blaming the internet, but I'm so <laughs> please gl- do. <laughs> I'm so glad you were on. It was, it was such fun having you on everybody. Thanks for listening. We will be back probably next week. <laughs> Maybe not. We'll, we'll see uh, with the Pytrix magic week in review until then keep abreast of everything happening in the world of magic at, itrix.com. 